It's not who you know, but who knows you. You don't get anything in life without a little bit of risk. You're the CEO of yourself. I'm an introvert. In fact, there was one individual who said that he sees a complete change in me from when um, my regular day-to-day -day interactions with him towards when I'm speaking at an event. You can practice. I'm Tom Sweet, and you're listening to the Tech Legacies Podcast. Welcome to the Tech Legacies video podcast. My name is Fanny Dunnigan, and I'm your host, where every episode we come to you featuring technology executives as they share their career journeys, their highs, their lows, their lessons, their advice, so that we can help you, other technology professionals, grow your careers. Thank you for joining us. And on this episode, we have the amazing good friend, Tom Sweet. Tom, Hi. how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you, nice thank you for being on. Um, we've known each other for several years now. Mm -hmm. Probably at least four. Yes, yes, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, well, one of the great things that I admire about you is that you continuously go out there and network and build relationships. And we met at a networking event. Yes. Right? How, why is that so important to you when it comes to networking? Well, it goes back probably to 2012. I was, uh, I turned 40 around that time, and actually a few years earlier. And I was trying to figure out where I was at my career. Mm -hmm. And it's, I started reading about the CIO role and I had read an article by Martha Heller that said that the CIOs that she placed, me, these companies want that CIO to be a thought leader, to speak at conferences, to have a following. And at that point, I was really against social media. I'm like, you know what, I have to kind of get engaged in this and have to force myself into a different world. And I started meeting people on LinkedIn and then I got introduced into different networking groups in the Denver area where I, where I was living at the time. And that's where I've, I've, I've you know, followed down that path and, mm -hmm. and try to continue to meet different people from different groups, right? Not only yeah. just IT executives, but also different, different industries or, or different layers of organizational uh, staff, right? You mm -hmm. just don't only want to hang out with executives. You want to hang out with people whom you may want to hire or start learning right. you know, from a a person on the street view of what's really going on in the companies and industries from from people who may may speak more freely. Absolutely. So, yeah. And kind of like I feel like over the decades, and I, and I still hear people saying, "Well, I'm just going to let my work speak for itself." Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's relevant at all nowadays in terms of getting a promotion or doing a career pivot. And and to your point. It's about getting out there now, right? Yeah. Years and years ago, I heard it's not who you know, but who knows you. And so with a social media presence or, uh, you know, however you present yourself, it has to be a little, you have to try to multiply on, on your efforts. You, you know, you're doing great work and that, that's good, but how do other people know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Other companies know about it. How do other organizations or, or groups know about that work? So you have to do, you have to market yourself the best way you can. And there's a number of different ways to do that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. What got you interested in the technology industry? Did you immediately start in a technology role? No, no, no. I was a civil engineer. I think you were too, yes. right? And so I, I did yes. that for almost six years. And, and I was working for the Massachusetts Highway Department in the field as a, you know, someone on site for different projects, bridge construction and 
I had a friend who, who worked at NEC, and he said that I could do his job, and I didn't believe him. But as, as engineering got a little more boring for me, you know, manhole design and mm -hmm. uh, traffic signaling. <laughs> I did many <laughs> traffic impact studies. <laughs> I remember those, I, counting cars. <laughs> so I made the, the, sw the switch to, back in 97 to, to IT, and they say like 90% of success is showing up. Well, I showed up for an interview on a snow day. Two of the four interviewers didn't come in. I was there, and I got the, the role, so I, I kind of made that switch back then. Oh. And it was a risk. It was a jump, right? Switching from one field to another, you, you really have to commit to your success in it. And I've been been in IT since '97. Wow! Actually, for those, for any of those of you that are in engineering, why do you see that parallel between engineering and technology? Well, a lot of the courses for computer science and traditional engineering are the same for the first one or two years. Yeah. It's uh, back in Massachusetts. The other piece of that was there are about 15 schools, mm -hmm. you know, with engineering programs and a lot of people. And also at that time, you know, the big dig central artery project in Boston was finishing up. So there was a lot less work coming that a lot of people would move from different parts of the world to be part of that project. So, mm -hmm. so that was the other half of getting into it. It was uh, economic survival too. You've made numerous pivots throughout mm -hmm. your life, Tom. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, engineering and then NEC and then mm -hmm. What led you to where you are now? Well, I've been looking to get into the CIO role since 2012, as, as we mentioned earlier, and it's been a, a long journey and it's been hard, right? I, I, some people have done it better and faster than me, but I, I worked my way up from, you know, I was at Microsoft as a individual contributor in the office and SQL server teams. And then I, I moved to uh, a private company that did software for mining. So it was like mm. AutoCAD, but for mining and geology and, wow. and went to a short stint at Travelport and then spent six years at GM Financial. And, and that was a really uh, a good role for me. It was a, a larger team, much larger organization, but I still wanted to get into the C-level and I had the opportunity to, to move to industrial refrigeration pros. Uh, I was really the third employee uh, the CEO and the VP of HR, and then me, wow. and and that we are acquiring companies in that space, and it's an opportunity that I couldn't turn down. And I, I got advice from eight different CIOs, and they all said I should definitely take it. So you can't go wrong if if eight of them are all unanimous. What was the reason for them encouraging you to do that? Well, there's a number. I think part of it was it was an opportunity to get into private equity, which is really hard to get into. And I had that opportunity. Number two is you do get the title, which is important if you're looking for board seats or if you're looking to have that experience across the wide breadth of an organization. My previous role, I was VP of cloud, which was a, a narrow vertical. But now in my role, now I have total IT budget, I have HRIS, we have CRM, ERP, endpoint security, all these different pieces. So it's the whole breadth of it, which I have. And, and it, it gives, gives me the opportunity to really do it the way I want to. And I think the third piece was just the experience and getting that. It's a lot of fun, mm. right? And so sometimes larger companies aren't as fun. But in this, these roles, uh, you know, Rusty Kennington, whom you know, right? He said this, these roles are a lot of fun, and he's been correct, mm. right? It's so much but fun. But that's still a huge risk, right? To go from, let's say, an established 
It's a lot of risk. There is no performance improvement to, plan for a CIO, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, yeah. So why take the risk? Because I, I can do it, and you don't get anything in life without a little bit of risk, right? Whether it be, you know, people who traveled the world, you know, hundreds of years ago to explore, or, or people who start a company, right? There's always some risk involved, and there's a measured risk, and you have to, you know, each person's going to be different in, in how he or she measures that. But yeah. I was I was willing to take it. Yeah, I knew I could do it. Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think mindset plays a role in that? Sure, right? You have to be open to it and have to have some, some confidence in yourself and be able to understand, you know, how to work through problems and be, be able to adapt to different conditions. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes I, I've met people who they just want to do one job for the rest of their life and that's great, but I don't know the future, right? I, mean, I can't predict that. Everything changes. And so how do you adapt and, and how do you be flexible and, and look at the opportunities that are presented and then act on them? You and I talked before about this concept of like being uncomfortable and being okay with that mm -hmm. and taking those risks. Because at the same time, I talk to a lot of people in transition or career pivots and mm -hmm. they're not happy with their current role but there's so much comfort in it. Mm -hmm. What is your advice around well, going into that discomfort? You know, starting, you know, I've seen layoffs all the way back from 97, meaning uh, NEC, I, I've seen at Digital, I've seen at Microsoft, I've seen at Travelport. And sometimes people get laid off and they, they take them years to find work. Yes. And, and so you always have to be understanding that, that you're the CEO of yourself and you get paid to provide value that others can't and you get paid more to provide value that fewer people can provide. So, so my advice to the audience is to, to understand that and, and how do you, if you lost your job today because the company closed up, what would you do for work? How would you provide for your family? What skills, characteristics, abilities do you offer someone else? And if part of that is also looking at how the world is changing and is your job going to be replaced by AI? Is it going to be replaced by, you know, you know, an automated process, you know, and, and where do you, where do you fit in the future? So I think that's the advice is understanding mm -hmm. that you're the CEO of you. No one's going to come rescue you. You have to be in charge of yourself. Mm. And going from that director, VP mm -hmm. kind of role, mid-level, senior level sure. to the C-suite, it's a totally different beast almost. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the skills or experience that are needed to get into the C-suite? Yeah, I, I think there's going to be different opinions on this one. I mean, I think everyone agrees with empathy, right? Understanding mm -hmm. yeah, the other person's view. I think a lot of it's going to be collaboration in the right way, but, but being firm as to what's needed. And I still think in technology, you still need to be a technologist. I know many people disagree and people will say, well, the CEO doesn't need to be technical. And maybe for a, you know, a 40,000 person company, maybe that's true because he or she will have a lot of other people supporting that role. But for smaller companies, you're supposed to be providing this, the IT vision. You're supposed to be solving problems through technology. You're supposed to be the futurist. You're supposed to be able to look at business processes and find ways for IT to reduce the waste and provide more value. And you have to be skilled in technology to do that. Mm. You may not be the one coding it, in most cases you won't, 
However, you have to have enough understanding of that. And I think that's changed a bit in, in IT. And I think the pendulum swing, swinging back from the technical leader, it went to the non-technical technology leader. And I, I believe it's swinging back based on everything I've seen. Ah. So. You mentioned this word, futurist, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that obviously, it comes with it, the need for continuous improvement, continuous learning. Mm -hmm. I know you're sure. a big advocate of that. Mm -hmm. How do you stay up to date with yeah. the latest trends and tools and yeah, I, uh, I get some strong views on this one too, right? You've seen, I'm sure on, on LinkedIn, people have pictures. Of, I was on vacation, they have like a stack of, I read these nine books on vacation at the beach, right? I, I think books are one piece of the puzzle. Mm. I think uh, another piece is listening to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially interviews with tech leaders, so I can start learning. Like this one. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. the plug, Tom. <laughs> but but look, learning from, from different individuals and you learn at the lingo, you learn what they're doing. And a lot of that's more timely than books, right? It, it's this, you know, company X is doing this, this is the problem. And the CIO, she solved it this way with this, right? And so understanding that. So I think those are really great. I think engaging in YouTube and watching YouTube videos, there's a lot of conferences that might be two or $3,000 to attend, but you know, four months later, those videos are all on YouTube and unfortunately they have 10, 50, 100 views. They don't have millions of views, but it's really great content, very timely for what you're doing. There's also training videos. There's, there's uh, different online learning platforms. There's some of them I, I have you know, purchased my teams in the past. I have personal subscriptions. It's also continuing to stay current with different IT certifications. Mm -hmm. That demonstrates to perplexed prospective employers that you're engaged in continuous learning, right? It, it's demonstrated behavior. In addition to that, it's, it's attending conferences and events and speaking at different events. So all these different pieces and that provide you a, a whole repertoire of skills, but it also allows you to market yourself because now you can market yourself to an employer and say, hey, I've spoken at these you know, 18 events and I've been on these 22 podcasts or whatever that is. Right. And it, it shows that you're, you're someone that's part of the industry and you are a thought leader and companies will want you back, right? Because it's not mm -hmm. just you spoke once, you're speaking all the time and you're a right. regular. So that's, I know it's a big answer, but. No, but one of the reluctances that I think technologists have is that, well, I'm an introvert. Hmm. For me to go market myself or for me to go speak, it's just difficult. And um, what would you say to that? I, I'm an introvert also, but I have to turn that on. And in fact, it was one individual who said that he sees a complete change in me from when um, my regular day-to-day -day interactions with him towards when I'm speaking at an event. He just sees it completely different. Mm -hmm. And you can practice. You can practice in your home, talking into a camera. You can get professional training. That might be a little more expensive for someone starting off, but you can start off with your phone and speak into that, do some YouTube videos. Hey, if no one looks at them, you're still getting practice, right? Yeah. You're still going through that process. And Part of it is a commitment to yourself. Are you investing in yourself and getting uncomfortable with certain things you may not want to do, but mm. you have to do them. I wanna pause real quick here and give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, CG Infinity. 
I've worked with them for several years now, and I can truly say that they have one of the best workplace cultures that I've ever experienced. And they specialize in a variety of industries, especially energy, utilities, and financial services. And they serve them through their Salesforce, cloud, as well as customer experience services. So thank you, CG Infinity and I hope you'll support them as they have supported us here at the podcast. Do you remember your first video, Tom? What was that like? I, I remember the first, well, I remember those five I did and I don't remember specifically which one it was, but I know they weren't very good. And, mm. But nonetheless, it's, it's getting in the game, right? Yes. And, you know, you have to take that step. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did you have a I mean, on the long road to success, there's always ups and downs, right? Yeah. What would you say is maybe like a, a low point you hit and, and what'd you learn yeah, from that? Yeah, so there's been many ups and downs, mm -hmm. right? And, and I don't know if I want to share like the lowest low, but, mm -hmm. but, but one I, I feel comfortable share, sharing was when I was at Microsoft, right? I, I had been in my role for three years and in order to get promoted to the next level, well, that required typically influenced across a whole division, like the whole office division of the whole SQL Server Business and Tools division. And, and we were mowed in Denver. So it's really hard to get that influence across the whole org. And, mm -hmm. and though I didn't get to underperform, I was rated in the lower 10% of people my grade. And, and that was kind of a death sentence, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I did leave a few months later and, and went to come to call MapTech and then within two months, Microsoft had closed down that whole office. So I don't know whether there was something else going on that was trying to help change how things were run there in order to support closing the office or not. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just was in the lower 10%, but, but nonetheless, I, I moved on and you know, led a global team there and, and have continued to be successful and, and didn't let it, didn't dwell on it, right? Mm -hmm. You, you kind of you know, shake the dust from your shoes and move on and get better. Mm -hmm. Speaking of not dwelling, what keeps you motivated? What drives you? Well, I think continuous learning and, and I like, I play with computers when I'm not working. I know not everyone does that. I, I enjoy it. In what way? Well, give me an I just, example. Uh, I, you know, we'll look at the different things on ChatGPT, different, or, you know, I have the computer running Linux at my house and we'll just poke around with stuff, right? I'm not going too deep in it because I'm, got a really challenging job as it is, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I do poke around a little bit more than maybe most CIOs do just because yeah. I have that curiosity and I enjoy it. And it's a lot easier to do it when you, when you love it, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think curiosity plays a huge role. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things I admire about you, Tom, is you continue to give back to the community even when you were doing that video series, you were giving tips to those in transition or those on how to advance their career. Mm -hmm. Why is giving back to the community so important to you? Because I'm here today because of people who've given to me. You know, back in probably 2012, when I started making this decision, I reached out to a woman named Cheryl Tilly, and she mm -hmm. was a CIO of a company named Alaska Gold, and they were one of our customers from AppTech. And I, I reached out to her and asked her to meet for her coffee to understand her role and, and get, ask for lessons and advice. Mm -hmm. and, and she agreed to meet with me, right? And then from there, Jim Galky, who was at PDC Energy, JP Batra, Rob Milan, who had been at Hunter Douglas Blinds, right? They've all helped me, 
right? They, they were, gave freely of their time mm. to, for an hour or two to help me understand where I needed to go. And I'm forever grateful for them. And here it is, you know, over a decade later, I remember their names, right? Yeah. So that's what the impact they had. So I would, it's important for me to give back where I can, whether it be helping people on Reddit with career questions they might have, or people like I engage on LinkedIn or meetup groups, right? I just want to be able to give back the same way that people have given to me. Mm. So that's why it's important. I mean, obviously the role of mentors is huge, mm -hmm. but how do you, any suggestions on how to do outreach to somebody that you admire sure. so that they become your mentor or? Yeah, I think it's, it's hard to ask for a mentor because no one wants to commit to what could be a year or two or a lifetime. It's mm. like reaching out to someone on the first date and saying, let's get married and we're gonna live here yeah. and all that, right? Yeah. So I think it's really great to reach out to someone and just ask for advice, right? Hey, you know, because so many executives get reached out multiple times a day for people trying to sell them stuff all, yes. all day long, every day. And they, no one ever reaches out and says, hey, you know what, I admire your career trajectory. I look to fo follow in a similar step. Would you have any advice for me? Would you will, mm -hmm. be willing to have you know, coffee one morning so I can learn from you? Yes. Right? No one does that. Mm -hmm. And uh, those who I've reached out to pretty much always have. No, I don't know if I had that many rejections around that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. local people, obviously, you're not mm -hmm. asking someone to fly in from another state, but I don't, no one does that. And I think that's maybe the best way. And if it turns into mentorship, that's great. But if you can get a number of individuals to give advice, then you're learning from a wider range of people. You and I talked about before this, the importance of asking, mm -hmm. right? I think. Too often, we don't even ask because we're afraid of the rejection. Yeah. So we don't even bother asking. Mm -hmm. What kind of mindset do you think we need to adopt in order to be more of an asker? Just understand that people may not reply and it's not personal. I mean, how many LinkedIn messages do I have where I'm intended to get back to the person, but I read it when I was walking across a parking lot or I was in an airport and I mean to get back to it. And then just the LinkedIn messages keep going down, 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 down. You don't always get back, right? And so if someone rejects you, most likely it's not personal. Either A, they don't know you, B, they think you're trying to sell them something, which is yeah. a lot of times what happens. Or B, hey, you know what? They, they do mean to get back to you, but they just haven't had a chance. And just don't send them another note. It's just following up on the two messages or the four messages I sent you, right? I mean, just kind of move on and, and give it another year or so, right? I mean, don't pester people because they'll block you, guaranteed. But there's, there's a, enough people out there that if someone doesn't get back to you right away, ask someone else, right? Reach out, go to an event, engage people at different events and, and ask and, and be generally curious about what they do and ask how they got there, right? So what many is, people are willing to help, right? And don't, yeah. people don't ask. You've been networking all around DFW area. Mm -hmm. What yeah. are some of the networking events you think technology professionals should be going to? I think a really great one now is, is Elevate Exchange and as led by Robin Austin. Another one is once a year is Enotech. So that's a really great event. Unfortunately, I was traveling yes. during that time period. Uh, and then there's different meetup groups. Go to meetup.com. There's a, the, the you know, Ryan Harper runs the, the Bitcoin one. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great one. And even if you're not into Bitcoin, 
start learning about how it works, start learning about the cryptocurrency, because that's coming. And you can meet a lot of investors there, you can meet entrepreneurs there, you can, and I, I haven't been in a while, but it's a great event. So, but there's all these other different events. So I say, hey, you know what? I know nothing about Python. Maybe I want to go to the Python group. Okay, there's 42 people going to this meeting. Well, you can go to that and maybe there's a $2 fee or I don't know, right? But then you start meeting people and this is how you practice and getting out of that introverted mindset. Any tips or little tricks or things you say when you walk into a room where you don't know anybody and your, your heart's kind of pounding a little bit? You say, hi, my name is Tom. Nice to meet you. I'm new here. Right? What is simple? Yeah. yeah. And in a way, for me, I always think like the other person probably feels the same as me. They might look calm, but internally they no, might feel that You're, same you're true, right? Because my wife and I went on vacation recently and, and we went with a kind of a group. And so there were a bunch of people who didn't know each other. And this woman on the boat said, you know, you were the only one that spoke to us, to me. Right. I mean, everyone else is shy too, but you know, we were kind of keeping to ourselves. but we, we said hi to her and, and that really made her day that we reached out because she was shy. Right. Mm -hmm. So understand the other person is shy and, and just say, Hey, my name is Tom. And I, I heard that from the gentleman who has these YouTube videos. He's an FBI negotiator. I think his name is Chris. Boss, right? Last name Boss. Possibly. Yeah. 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 But Chris he Boss. said, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, hi, my name is Chris. Right. And then it's, and I was like, okay. Good idea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, sometimes I like to look for like the quiet person in the corner and mm -hmm. then talk to them. Yeah. Now, you talked a bit about AI. Mm -hmm. Looking towards, gosh, who knows, three mm -hmm. years, five years, any thoughts on where you see it going? Mm. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm the best one to answer that. I think more and more jobs will be replaced by AI, when you look at my company's new website, right? Uh, you know, the press releases, a lot of the content, I refed through ChatGPT, I got that all cleaned up, mm -hmm. right? When you, if you need to give someone a LinkedIn recommendation, you can have ChatGPT write it, yeah. you know? <laughs> so there's all these things you can do. So how it's gonna go, it's gonna, you know, there'll be video, creation, it's already started, you, know, you have uh, image creation on mid-journey, and all that things are going to be combined and there's going to be uh, a lot of, uh, I think it's going to be hard to determine what's true and what isn't. So mm -hmm. how that, if each person navigates that, I honestly don't have the answer. Mm -hmm. I think that just continuing to keep up with the news, right? I subscribe to a, a mailing list, I think it's called The Neuron, and it has AI news every day. I think understanding and just being open to continuous learning is to just look at headlines. How is this changing? How is this changing? And then thinking, how do, will this disrupt me? How can I use this for my company? And how can we use this as a differentiator? So, I mean, think about, so I guess maybe the advice is get engaged with learning and think about how you can, I don't want to exploit it in a bad way, but how can you use it to further yourself and your, your company? because someone else will, will use it if you don't. So. And now that you're in a company that's scaling and growing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a big part of that is talent, right? Yes. Hiring talent, managing teams. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the hardest struggle for you when it comes to hiring and managing talent? 
I think sometimes it's locating the people with the specific skill set. Because mm. some of what we do in the commercial, actually not the commercial, but in the, the service end of our company, right, requires a very specific skill set in refrigeration and ammonia with ammonia, right? And, and that's a harder skill set to find, right? So you're working with different schools, you're working with different uh, industry groups, but, but really your part of it is also using social media in the appropriate way to attract that talent. And it's that a talent's not on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. right? It's great to find marketing people on LinkedIn or technical talent or, yeah. or business talent, but a lot of the trades aren't necessarily on LinkedIn. That's not really where they they associate. So I was working to find those appropriate sources and, and reaching Any out. Any tricks and tips to find specialized talent? I think it's working with the teams you have and asking them where they would look, right? As mm -hmm. opposed to me deciding, hey, where do I find this type of person? Or where does my company find this type of person? It's working with the individuals who are in those roles and asking mm -hmm. them to help, right? Mm -hmm. Providing those, those incentives for them to, to be part of that solution. I like that. And then once you hire them and they're on your team, what's worked for you in terms of developing teams and what hasn't worked? Well, I think what hasn't worked is just ignoring them and assuming they'll always be there, right? <laughs> Part of it is, is engaging with them and, and making sure that they know that you're, you're here to help them. You want them to develop, asking, working for their career goals. You know, some of them, in, especially in the different trades, have never been asked what their career goals are. Right. And uh, so you know, we, we always assume that because if you've worked at, I think you worked at Oracle, right, or whoever, right? You, SAP. SAP, right. You, they always have, you know, development programs. They have, I mean, SAP sells success factors, right, which is a tool specifically for that. Whereas in a lot of these trades, they never had any of that. So now you're implementing a, a talent management solution. You're working with the development plans and, and trying to, you know, change the culture to let them know that it, it, you are investing in them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and safety is always an important aspect of any company and especially in construction. Right. So safety is our first value. Right. So we want to make sure everyone's safe. So letting employees know that we value their safety and they, uh, you know, they can, you know, they're not ever asked to be in an unsafe position, whether it be on a ladder, which doesn't have the proper fall protection or, mm -hmm. you know, without having any of the other protective gear or in situations. So understanding that, right? And that you don't always think of that coming from IT or business, right? I mean, yeah. most people, the only time they get hurt in the office is they stand on a chair, right? In the chair rolls, right? Whereas if you're working in different fields, right? There is danger. Mm -hmm. And that's in a way, I guess, now that at the sea level, you're having to think about so much more yeah. than just the tool or mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm the software and all yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. It's all encompassing. Yeah, Anything. you're part of all those conversations, yeah. right? Not just the financial, yes. but everything across the company. Anything surprise you about being in a C-level role that you did not expect? I think how everyone, how well everyone works together, mm. right? I, it may not be that way in other companies, but, but there is a lot of collaboration, right? Everyone has a common goal. And, and how do we support each other to deliver business value? Mm -hmm. And I didn't think it was, the relationships would be this good, Tom. So this is called the Tech Legacies Podcast. So yeah. Tom, how do you wanna be remembered by your peers or colleagues? And what kind of legacy do you wanna I think leave? it's part, I just wanna be seen as someone who tried to help others. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to me to leave that 
to you know have left and said hey you know what this person left our company but he trained us and uh, I either had the opportunity from him to get better or he gave me the opportunity I didn't didn't follow up with it but I don't want anyone to ever say that I didn't invest in them because mm -hmm. I've invested in in my teams and I always want them to remember that I invested in them and uh, whether they chose to take advantage of that or not I mean that each person has their own situation in life but I, I don't want to ever think that I just came in and exploited them and never ever made them any, any gave them the opportunity to get better got it so if you were to leave our audience with one piece of advice to grow their technology career, what would it be? I would say just to keep learning mm -hmm. and, and maybe start with something simple, right? Watch YouTube videos on different technology subjects which interest you. I mean, a lot of people watch TV, right? I, I, at least in my last role, I mean, people with four TVs and no home computer, right? So I know they have TVs, right? I know they're watching something. But get a Roku device or something similar, Apple TV, and, and get their YouTube app and spend some of your time watching videos on YouTube that are of a technical nature. Or if they're listening to your podcast, they're probably already engaged in this. But I'm going to say listen to podcasts that are mm -hmm. related to fields that you have interest. So if you listen to music 10 times a week, listen to a podcast four of those 10 commutes, for example, hmm. right? Invest in yourself. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank, thank you. you so much for your time, your advice, your lessons. And for those of you out there, be sure to subscribe to Tech Legacies channel. Um, listen to it on podcast platforms that you subscribe to. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like, comment and subscribe and ring that bell so that you get the latest episodes. This is Tech Legacy's video podcast. Thank you for joining us and thank you for tuning in. At Tech Legacies, we're all about helping technology professionals grow and succeed in their careers by sharing the advice of top technology executives. If you're looking to take your career to the next level and become a technology executive yourself, we have an exciting program to tell you about. It's called the Tech CXO Excellence Program by Tech CXO Launchpad, and they are our partners. They're offering an immersive multimodal program developed and taught by current and former CIOs and CTOs who are passionate about building the next generation of C-suite technology executives. And you'll experience a full immersion into the C-suite world and also get to collaborate, network, and experience capstone-style projects with other professionals. And this is all while benefiting from face-to-face -face interactions in person with industry guest speakers. It is exclusively for a new level of C-suite executives and C-level direct reports and second directs who are earmarked for succession planning and career growth. To join their waitlist, register your interests at www.techcxolaunchpad.com. That's techcxolaunchpad.com.
This program has everything you need to take your career to the next level.